You're with Julian on the Renault and a review of the latest Indiana Jones film. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny has limped its way to digital streaming services despite being one of the most expensive films of all time which I didn't see on screen with a shooting budget of 300 million and a likely break even point of 600 million dollars and a possible profit point of around 800 million dollars i can only assume given that this happens over and over again the the people involved in these projects are simply making a fortune off of them and you know it's like um weapons and things like that once you're in there you're going to make a justification for keeping using your product even though we've seen so many massive projects with you know break-even points approaching 600 million dollars they keep pushing them through because they've made their money already they don't care so obviously uh indiana jones and harrison ford one of the most iconic um characters in movie history and the first three films were broadly very good the first one an iconic classic the third one superb with uh, Sean Connery and the middle one was pretty dire um, but dire in a way that at least contained some elements of enjoyability completely lacking in the last two and the last time out we had the Crystal Skull in 2008 and it was an abomination a terrible film a CGI led massacre of horrors Um, it was just awful and they sort of ended it with um, Indiana Jones and Aliens, and it was beyond terrible. So they've come back an awful long time late, late is the word, I would say, later, um, with the most rote Indiana Jones film you could possibly have made. And I thought, at the very least, they're going to give us a 6 out of 10, but it couldn't possibly be worse than The Crystal Skull unfortunately the crystal skull despite how appallingly terrible it was was never dull uh it's madcapness sort of it didn't get it over any line it was terrible but this film actually is as silly and as bad as the crystal skull it is just much more boring and rote and dull um and obvious and will this do so Indy is in, you know, he's quitting his college uh, job where he uh, teaches at a university in America. And he's visited by the Fleabag star, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So, the, so we get the opening, which is set in World War II. Uh, so everyone goes back in time. And Indy is on a train with loads of Nazis and he finds out that the um the spear of destiny that he was trying to recover from the nazis stealing and looting all of these artifacts uh which was the spear that's supposed to have pierced jesus's side while he was on the crucifix is, is a fake but he finds archimedes something or other uh instead I don't even know if it's uh, interesting enough to mention it, but it is basically a, it is supposedly a time travel device. It's Archimedes something, uh, and he discovers that is real, 
and he manages to squirrel that away and he comes into contact with the villain of the piece the worst use of Mads Mikkelsen in the history of using Mads Mikkelsen in cinema um, they wrote his entire script on the back of a postage stamp I think um, there's really the worst use of Mads I've ever seen in a film so he's a Nazi who is trying to use the time device in the end he's trying to use the time device to go back and kill hitler so he believes that hitler's made so many mistakes that he wants to replace hitler so that the nazis will win is the entire plot of the movie um other people turn up uh john reese davis from indy from the first film uh turns up to absolutely zero effect Anthony Banderas turns up for five minutes to absolutely zero effect. And they trot through some of the most unmemorable sequences I've ever seen in any indie film. I didn't like the Middle Temple of Doom <coughs> film at all, but things like them racing around on those carts or flying down the mountainside on that inflatable boat, there were so many interesting sequences of action in, those, in that film alone. There isn't a single sequence of action in that film so we go from the train in nazi germany era to the 19 late 1960s and the counterculture era and harrison ford is living in an apartment by himself his uh, son had gone off to vietnam and died which broke up the marriage he had with karen allen from the first film is it karen allen i can't even bother to look it up to be honest i think it's karen allen who was in the, in Raiders of the Lost Ark and actually showed up in the Crystal Skull as well. They would got married in post-World War II, had a child. The child went off to Vietnam and got killed, broke up their marriage. He's retiring from his job as a professor. And Phoebe Waller-Bridges says, you know, you've got this artifact. She ends up being uh, a, a trader in artifacts for some reason. And um, basically the Nazis are hunting them the same as the lost ark of the covenant now this is um considerably worse than any i i didn't think it was going to be as aggravatingly bad as it is um i wanted you know harrison ford is a much beloved actor and indiana jones one of the most beloved characters in movie history and the director here james mangold has done some good stuff like I, Logan, for a start, Ford versus Ferrari. These were good films. Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash film. 310 to Yuma, one of the best westerns in the last 30 years. It's not his fault. I don't know what happened. It looks cheap. It doesn't look like they spent any money on it at all. There aren't any action sequences in this that actually stand out enough for me to remember them. I mean, I remember a little bit about the horse racy one in the middle of New York. I, I think it was New York. But the, the rest of the film is a blank space for me. And then once it gets to the bit of time traveling back to Archimedes, it is so unbelievably silly. that it's, I, I was so aggravated by the end of this film. Indy sleepwalks through it. He's got nothing to do, really. And it's not helped by the fact that elsewhere, Phoebe, 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge has got awards for how brilliant she was in the iconic flea bag and other stuff. She's aggravatingly terrible in this film. They don't seem to get a line on really what they want her character to be or do. And um, I found her aggravating the fact that she's trotting around the world with a, a young child doing grave robbery stuff. Um, a little bit like the, the, the young character in Temple of Doom. Everything smacks of let's take something from the previous movies and do it tepidly and do it worse and more. Oh, I don't know. It's just it's so unbelievably lame on every level that they do in this film. It's it, it made me angry that they would besmirch the legacy of Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones with this film. I thought it was outrageous what they did in Crystal Skull, but at least it was outrageous. At least in getting blown up in a nuclear explosion and surviving inside a fridge showed some level of imagination. Nothing here is, it would stick in your mind more than five seconds. And by the time it got to the whole Archimedes stuff at the end, like they go and visit Archimedes for probably about a minute and a half and then come back. And you just think, well, why did any part of this film happen? So because it has no imagination, it's cynically dull, has the most willis do, I don't understand how they ended up with this film, with such a good director and character and actor and the possibilities of actually writing the wrongs of the Crystal Skull, but actually doing it worse in ways that make it worse by being so much more boring. So um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny is going to get a big fat zero out of 10 for failing on every single level I can think of. 